Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joser Jr., and with me tonight is the co-host, Ryan Greeny. How's it going tonight, Ryan? That's pretty good, Joe. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Just wore myself out at the gym. Sounds like uh, you've been doing yourself the same yourself. Yeah, yeah, I got to the gym today, too. Joined the Lifetime here in Woodbury, um, mostly because they got a decent-sized pool. And it it's uh, it's pretty easy to get in there and That's get awful. your laps in. Not a yeah. not a whole lot of people swimming laps on a high frequency basis. So That's one thing. Good, I, go ahead. Good sorry. decision. No, yeah. I was just saying it was good good call by me. Yeah, for sure. That's one thing I can't do is swim. Just based on technique or you don't like it or Yeah, childhood deal. Basically okay. uh when I was seven I was in my aunt's pool. I slipped into the deep end and was struggling, and my cousin wouldn't help me out of the pool because she had just done her hair. It was 80s style. Oh, no. Yeah, so I struggled for a good, like, 15, 20 minutes until I managed to wall walk out of it. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. That'll, leave a, that'll leave a scar for yeah. sure. So I, I don't swim. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Anyways, so seems like we've been doing every other week and that's a pretty good frequency um, yeah I don't I don't mind it and then you know the on the weeks where you know if we're racing a lot and a lot's going on you know it's not a big deal to do them every week but I I typically like the every other week deal I do too. Uh, yeah keeps us open for you know Sunday night activities yeah the wife likes every other week too yeah and I'm gonna start recording a MMA podcast early in the afternoon on Sundays, so cool. that's going to be a little rougher. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I meant to go racing yesterday, but the roads were... Okay, I'm a Minnesotan, man. I can drive in snow and ice, but that was some evil shit yesterday morning. Unreal. It was, it was wild. I, I wanted to be going racing, but on the other hand, I'd... I will never turn down weekend work because yep. it pay, it pays so well. So I was on my way to work because I didn't even give half a thought about the semi trucks that were going to have to get to us if we were to do our job. Where right, I was I was on a job down in Northfield last week where they're building a school, and so these uh, semis are always coming and going and bringing us uh, concrete plank and walls and stuff like that for the crane to build and yeah just for some reason i'm zigzagging through people that are stuck mm -hmm. um passing semis that are all crowded on the you know the inside of a you know wherever the road tilted or yep. went up or down there was people piled up and there were times i got about halfway there before i got the call that we were canceled for the oh. day and i uh you know, there were places where I, I, I had to intentionally go off the road because that's where the traction was. I know. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> um, so yes, for those that don't know, it it was glare ice in a large part of Minnesota yesterday. I think all of Minnesota for a significant period of time too. Mm -hmm. And we're not being over the top or exaggerating at all. It was glare ice. You can see videos of people ice skating around on their local roads and yeah. stuff like that it was it was just bananas they were ice skating on 94 <laughs> or 494 yeah i would never do that to a pair of hockey skates because they're no. kind of sacred to me but i it, i find that hilarious um so yeah i start driving i'm living elk river next town over is ramsey so in elk river i'm going down highway 10 and i'm going 50 miles an hour. I'm like, all right, this is safe. I can control it here. We hit ramp. And the wife and kids were in the car. Both wife and kids were going to come with yesterday. Uh, I was going to get Jackie to race. She didn't know it, but I was going to get her to race. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so we I hit Ramsey, and right around the way station, my car snaps loose into a 90-degree spin i bring it back and then 
So I'm like, all right, that that was just what it was. And then it did it in the other direction. I'm like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> so then I take the next exit, which is Armstrong. That's the only exit in Ramsey, really, to turn around. I get on the exit. I literally slide up the exit. And I stop. And then I kind of get going to do the U-turn. And it just slid into the U-turn all the way down the exit. I'm like, yeah, that is a good decision to turn around. But I'm bummed. The layout looked good. Um, it looked like they fixed the issues with the jumps. Yeah, um, tell people where you were going. Oh, yeah, I was going to Dollar Hobbies at, in Woodbury. But also there were people that were um, a couple miles away from the track and they were sitting there for like an hour because the traffic was stopped. Yeah, there were a lot of places, um, the whole 494, 694 belt especially, where people were just stacked up. And I I felt bad because, you know, it's not that common, I don't think, for people to go online and check out the road conditions and everything like that. But if you would have, you would have seen that cars weren't moving anywhere. No. <clears throat> like all the DOT maps were purple everywhere and that's a bad thing that I'm, means nobody's going anywhere i'm kind of glad i left when i left because i wanted to leave 20 minutes earlier and if i would have left 20 minutes earlier the roads would have been good enough to get me halfway there before shit started going down right and it's like well at that point you're halfway there <laughs> <laughs> so anyways yeah it was it was tough man there the last i looked it was like halfway through the day, so you know it was like noon or something like that, and there had already been 358 accidents in the metro and two fatalities. Yeah. So there was really was, none after that. There's none after it got above freezing. Right. I, yep. So yesterday, instead, I did the double class at the gym. I did uh, Muay Thai, kickboxing, and then jujitsu. That starts at about 10 o'clock. When I got there, the roads were still dangerous. I left at like 1 o'clock. The roads were fine. But yeah, at um, there was a fire truck blocking Highway 10 in Elk River because um, a semi and a plow both went off the frickin' road. So, I don't know. But I, I'm going to race next week. So is Joe 3. We're going to go to... Uh, the toy box for their points race next Saturday. Cool. Looks right like on. a good time. Do you think uh, you'll make her out to the toy box? I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't currently have the itch, so we'll see. I got gotcha. that. <clears throat> that comes and goes with me. I'm I'm kind of in a in a mode where I'm feeling like I should save because there's some some very spendy things that I want. Um, I'm going to start my intro back into nitro by buying the motor. Okay. Cause I feel like, I feel like if I do that, there's no turning back. So, so I need uh, a decent amount of money for that. Cause I'm, I'm planning right now to get the, the Adam Drake OS AD two. Okay. I'll send you the site tomorrow where to get that. Um, yeah. All right. I'll take a look at it. I usually, I usually go through. A local retailer okay if, if you can get a deal well i can't get your price on it but um the thing about the thing about ordering stuff through sean is you know if you if you buy a lot of stuff from him over the years he's super super fair right with his customers and and then you know i know that i'm i'm keeping it local and i'm uh I'm helping out a guy that runs a, a pretty awesome track, an outdoor nitro track that we all like to race at. So. Yeah, for sure. Yep, I that got you. Are you going to send but, it to Drake to get it broken in, or are you going to have Sean do it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I'd necessarily really give a shit about the whole EBIS thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I might have Sean do it. I'll tell you what, the EBIS breaks it in halfway. But. It's the important halfway, the hard halfway that gets you frustrated. Sure. So you for sure want to do it. Um, yeah, I'm 
got to try to I, – I should keep the motor I'm running now. Mm-hmm. But there's part of me telling me, hey, just get a new motor. New motor every year. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, next weekend should be fun. There, I mean, a lot of people didn't get to scratch their racing itch just because they didn't want to risk it to get out on the road. So yep. numbers should be up pretty much everywhere. Oh, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, no, it was last week when we didn't do a podcast, they had 59 entries at the toy box. Yeah, I, that's the the first place I have for entries. Yeah. There's quite a, quite a few places to get through, so I just figured I'd highlight yeah, go one, one class at every place. Yep. So you went racing last weekend, so I figured I'd uh, highlight our favorite class at the toy box, which is the Truggy class. I'm upset with myself, but go ahead. <laughs> I figured you would be. I see you down at the bottom of the list with the DNS. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, uh, we'll get to that in a second after we highlight Ben Savakul taking the win there. He's on fire lately with his new truggy, Mike Nesbitt, and Pizza's Done. That's one of the many aliases for Keith Low Voltage Vanderhyde. Do you know oh, I, the story behind Pizza's Done? I'm guessing he put a pizza in the oven for like 30 minutes. <laughs> this one's pretty good. So a couple years ago, Keith is winning a heat race. Yep. And... Back then, I don't know if she still does it, but back then, if you had a pizza going, you could get Savannah to keep an eye on it for you. Yep. And for those of you that don't know, that's the the daughter of the guy that runs the toy box over there in New Richmond, Wisconsin. So Keith is leading what I think at that time would have been his first ever heat race win in the two-wheel drive buggy class. Yeah. So he's crushing it. And with about a minute to go in the heat, Savannah yells out, pizza's done. Now, the other thing about Savannah is a lot of times she announces. Oh. <laughs> well, she used to. She doesn't do it much anymore, if at all. Yeah. But she used to announce races so that her dad could race. Right. So she calls out, pizza's done, and Keith hears, Keith is done. So oh. Keith pulls off the track and gives up his win. And, uh, yeah, at that point, it became one of his nicknames, Pizza's Done. That's funny. That's funny. So talk about your race, because it says DNS. Is that true? Did that is correct. That, race? that is correct. All right, let's hear it. So I had a friend making an MMA debut at Canterbury, which is about an hour away. Um, it takes you through some funky towns in Wisconsin when you're on your way to 94 and Hudson, by the way. Google Maps does. It, it felt like um, making a murder. Actually, my wife's from Manitowoc, and man, they don't highlight—they don't—they only highlight half of the redneck in Manitowoc. But anyways, um, so my friend was making his MMA debut. I PM the local promoter, like, what time is the MMA card going to start? And they said, around 6.30. I'm like, all right, you know, I got to get out of there. I'll get out of there at 5. Well, they're not moving quick for the mains. I don't know what the deal is. Well, they were taking podium pictures directly after the main. So that took a little more time. But, man, they just weren't moving, which is fine. I'm the only person that had a place to be, so, you know, you can't rush things along because of one guy, that type of thing. I knew I probably was going to have to leave early. So I left after stock buggy. They had enough marshals, so I left at 445 to get there on time. My buddy was supposed to kick off the MMA card. The MMA card didn't get going until 8 o'clock, and my buddy did not get to fight until 9 o'clock. Oh, that's a bummer. It is. It, it was frustrating. but that's just, that's just one of those things that you can't predict, though. Right. You know, I could have predicted it because it's a fight promotion, and all cards start at least 30 minutes late. This one started an hour and 30 minutes late. Because they had Muay Thai kickboxing on before the MMA card. Which I enjoyed watching. I, I mean, I love Muay Thai. 
it's not popular in America because Americans just don't understand what high-level striking is, I think. But they had a Muay Thai card on, but I would have rather raced my Truggy race. And I finally figured out that center jump section with mm-hmm. my mini Truggy. And I was finally getting things going good. And it's like, damn, then that happened. I feel bad for Nesbitt. Nesbitt took second, but before the main, he had a rush to put an ESC in. He's been having an issue. This is the second Tekken RSX Pro he's had this happen with, to where throughout a qualifier, his truck will get weaker and weaker and weaker like the battery's dying, but that's really the ESC dying. Really? Yep. Second time he's had it happen. And they're not doing warranty shit for him. They're making him pay 150 bucks or whatever it is for trade-in. Bummer. Yeah, so he put in the cheapest, crappiest hobby wing you saw, and it got him through. So, <laughs> I mean, that's good for, good for him pulling off a second there. Um. So, yeah. Toy Box is a fun place. So is the 510. I'm... I'm bummed I won't be able to make the next 510 trophy race on January 11th, but it's my not only my daughter's birthday, but it's her golden birthday. Sure, cool. So if I miss that, I'd be a real big piece of shit. Yep. So, anyways, any other local results? Yeah, so that was, uh, that was a week and a day ago, so spooling on up to this weekend... MMR Friday night racing over there in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Stock buggy A-Main. Dave Kirshner takes the win there. Nice. Andrew Mowry, the proprietor, comes in second. And bad Chad Neiman taking third. Chad Neiman raced a dollar the next day, too. And moving on to dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he must have been in the lower a, main on this won, one. Yeah, he, he won the B. He didn't make the A. Nope. So they're not doing any, any bumps there, huh? Nope, no bumps. Oh, that's frustrating. It is, um, but you kind of have to respect it. Oh, I, I mean, I'm not the race director, so they, no. they can do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Here, here's a question. And I mix feelings about the no bump thing because I think it was Sean's first year or second year running the 510. And it was the um, January race, uh, the Sub-Zero Challenge. Yep. And he had AAA mains, but with bumps. And I got fucked. I qualified like ninth or 10th, but just enough to make the AAAs. But then he's like, no, there's B mains and you got to bump. Well, I broke and I ain't bump. It really pissed me off. Sure. So, anyways. I hear you. So, two-wheel drive stock buggy at Dollar Hobbies here in Woodbury yesterday. Kendall Welch takes the win there. Yep. Nathan Jornt second. Yep. Dwayne Fisher takes third. Nice. Yeah, Jorn... And our buddy Steve Nelson showed up and did some racing. He ended up fifth. Nice. Yeah, I was... I honestly was going to look at the results, but man, it's like, I, I, it's like torture. I really like the layout. I just couldn't get there. Sure. I was thinking about leaving at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock and like missing almost everything and maybe trying to get a qualifier in, but it's like, why do that to yourself? Yep. So yeah, yep, that makes it tough. It does. And so I, move, moving on up 94 to yep. Thunder Road RC Raceway right up there in Waite Park, Minnesota, right next to St. Cloud. The They didn't have many people make it, you know, almost positively due to the weather. Oh, yeah. So we're going to highlight the spec slash A-Main. Nice. Max Fowle takes first there. James Hayden takes second. And Jules Fowle takes third. What's going on here? Right on. One, one, two. That's interesting. Anyway, yeah. Live RC is doing some goofy stuff. The Fowle family made up uh, one, two, three, four, five sixths of the main event. I, the only non Fowle racer was James Hayden in that one. Nice. 
So somebody brought their whole family out and Dude, a whole bunch of spec slashes. So that's that, cool. That is rad. It's it's good to see a family race like that together. Yep, and they they have the opportunity. I didn't look at spec slash at MMR, but they can take those same vehicles to MMR and race spec slash there. And at Dollar Hobbies. And at Dollar Hobbies. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you awesome have your Awesome entry class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. What's going on today? Uh, oh, yesterday. And we don't talk about this place a whole lot, but I bring them up once in a while. Uh, Tease Hobbies okay. down in Rochester, Minnesota. Yep. They are a premier, top-shelf, high-class, high-bite dirt oval facility. They had their annual Holiday 100, which is 100 lap A-mains. Nice. Which is just a little bit over twice what the normal A-main length I is. say that's about 400 seconds, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the, what the total is on seconds, but yeah, it'd be right around. It'd be something over that. It'd be closer to, yeah, 480, 490 seconds. Okay. Um. The, the laps are getting longer in some of the classes down there because he's raising the turn limit. So classes that used to be 13.5 are now 17.5 and so on and so forth. Yep, as you should. Um, in the Midwest Mod A-Main down there, Jared Nitro, he's, def- he's usually a, a mod sprint guy, so that's kind of the cream of the crop yep. down there. Mod sprint is insane. So... This Midwest mod class, it's a fun class. It's a spec chassis, spec motor, super close racing. The lap times are about 4.8 seconds. Oh, wow. And if you look at 410 sprint, these guys are doing 3.9s. Damn. So over, you know, 30% faster. And you you can't video that class. No. Because it's a blur. Yep. You, You would, you know, with a cell phone, you'd have to have like a really high quality video camera to actually get good footage of that class it kind of reminds me of those super fast slot cars that go around a huge track in like two seconds yeah i I don't understand how those guys even comprehend what they're doing they don't they just hit the throttle well there's got to be something to it right because they'll if you just pinch it they'll leave the track right money 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 um (laughs) i talk scott schultz um do you know scott schultz i don't think so the Schultz family, Scott and Brandon, father and son, they race or used to race. Brandon's getting back into it, but whatever. And he says those kinds of cars, it's like the motors are like $150 and they only last a race day. What? Yeah. Yeah, so it's all money. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. bananas. It is. And but. then today, MMR had some on-road racing going on. Yep. They had, like they had a, a pretty healthy sedan stock class, and it's it's Kendall Welch and Andrew Jornt finishing one and two, cool. and Brian Hookham in the third spot. Nice. Um, I believe it was a Can-Am 12-scale day for him, too. Oh, cool. And our buddy Eric Swanson must have had some trouble he was able to put down some fast laps, but he broke around the one minute forty mark, so he didn't make the finish there. I kind of wonder. Uh, Eric's if, been coming out a little bit, yeah, racing kinda, here and there. I kind of wonder if he's well. He's all about on road lately. He really doesn't give a shit about off road, which is strange, especially for him. He used to be Mister Off Road only. Sure. Um, but I talked to him, and this was months ago, but I talked to him about his setup at Motorhead Madness, and the deal is he's uh, he sets his cars up so edgy. Does that, is he sets his cars up edgy, and then it's it just so hard to hang on to. At Motorhead Madness, with his car several times, he left a corner out on the track. Because they're they're fast but hard to hang on to. Sure. What uh, do you know? What chassis he drives? He was driving the Associated, and then Associated basically said, "Hey, on-road guys, uh, we don't care about you anymore." So then, um, I believe he's doing Osmatics. That is the consensus. Yeah. What do you know? What the uh, popular configuration is for that car right now? 
I have no idea. Um, I just know it's such a sensitive car. Sure. You need special noodles to tune it. I'm thinking about getting a, an affordable, so i.e. used um, touring car and trying that class out again, but just, just on a fun basis because I, I miss going a dollar and spending a day there and ripping laps. Right, right. Um, the x-ray is still affordable, and for guys like us, it's fine. Um, wow, I just realized I was away from my mic, and <laughs> sorry for the level change, guys. Um, anyways, so for um, the new x-ray, it has a mid-motor configuration, but I think that's the biggest change, so... I don't know. I've been hearing good. I've been hearing bad. But x-ray is always good. It's mm -hmm. not as fast as an Osmotics, but I don't think you want that headache. It's No, I I I don't. I I never even thought of the Osmotics just because I mean, it's like a $780 car or something stupid like that. Yep, that you need special setup tools for so well not if you don't do setup yeah yeah that <laughs> that, that would be the wrong car for that <laughs> right on because yeah i believe x-ray you know i haven't ran touring car seriously in several years since the foam days but i usually set my car up and ran it unless i hit something hard and then i'd put it on the setup station and make sure everything was okay, but I just run it. I don't. Tr I don't trust those setup stations that guys use okay. for tour touring cars. I don't think they're accurate. You for touring cars, they're accurate. I just they don't look precise to or, me. Or it all depends on how you use them. Like um, you need to have like the same tension on all the wheels. Um, obviously you need a flat board. You can't slam it around. You have to be precise with it, but it works. Um, for 12 scale, I actually have a guy trying to get mine right now. I have a special setup station made by Kyosho. Okay. There's only a couple left in the world. And I have one. So even though I'm not running 12 scale right now, I, I'm never going to give that setup station up. It took me forever to find one. Okay. And you know who sold it to me? Probably Chang. Yep. <laughs> yep, Chang sold it to me. and But that works well. Works way better than the Huddy one. But it, when you start getting into the off-road stuff where you have a ton of suspension movement, that's where the setup stations are not accurate. Um, setup wheels work fine too. It they're just a little more work. Sure. So, anyways, let's move on here. Um, hey, you got a new sponsor? Tell us about that. New old spot, not old, but so I was re-sponsored by boom rc uh, <laughs> it's funny so one of the owners of team velocity go goes dude i love your charger wrap and i go thanks you know mike garrison did it to me when i was sponsored by boom rc um for most of 2018 and a lot of 2019 mike garrison shut down the customer side of like the vinyl um decals and all that he was only doing awards, so he shut that down when I was sponsored by him. And I go, yeah, I like, I mean, I like Mike's work. Um, I got this done when I was on the team. Mike Garrison sends me a PM being like, hey, you're still on the team. You just don't know it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he just sent over a contract and whatnot, and it's the same deal as I had before. Cool. Just Boom RC, they have quality. I, I'm going to try to get a custom pit board here and get
get vinyl done. Also, I, I mean, it's obvious, but I also picked up Team Velocity. But All right. that one's obvious. Yeah, Boomer C, I like his, uh, I don't know how often he does them, but he does, it's really popular in the dirt oval world to get wraps. Yep. Because all the paneling on a lot of those cars is really flat. Right. And uh, it looks great. He, he does awesome work. And they, those cars just look awesome in general. Yeah. He does uh, wraps for motorbikes, too. Oh, cool. It's like... I think it's two hundred and fifty bucks for eighty cc and above, and it's like one hundred and seventy five for under eighty cc. Right on. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, Conor McGregor, MMA fighter. He, um, yeah, I know. He got an X Max for Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's gonna burn down his house. <laughs> Imagine that, because he's probably, he's going to play with it a couple times, like most non-RC people do with RC cars. And he's going to let it sit, and that battery's going to sit, and he's going to forget about it for a couple of years, and then, boom, it's going to go. Right. Yeah, couldn't happen to a a worse guy. Oh, man. So just He's fighting in a couple weeks. I get it, because he is, he still does have... You know, he carries the popularity. I just, I hate it when people use guys like that to promote their brand. It just, it's so disappointing when you, you throw your morals out the door and, you know, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you've heard any allegations about him, but in Ireland, they don't release the name of a defendant until they're found guilty. Okay, so what do you do over there? Uh, sexual Allegedly. assault. Oh, that's good. Yeah, two counts, two different women. Shit. So, you know, I mean, it is a shame because he was a rags to riches story. He was truly talented. And then he hit that $100 million payday, and now he's a joke. He's not hungry anymore. He just wants to stay. That's the only reason why he took the fight that's happening in a couple weeks. He doesn't need to fight. He's just such a whore that he took it to stay in the limelight, basically. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I can't get over the human element generally. There's just there's people that I'll never celebrate because... They just seem like they're such a piece of shit. Like, I don't know, to name a few, Kobe Bryant, Michael Vick, you know, Conor right. McGregor. Right. These are just dudes that I don't care how good they are at what they do. Tiger Woods. I mean, I couldn't give a fuck about what Tiger Woods is doing these days. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, so, yeah, it's, it's going to, it's going to end bad for him. But if it sells some X Maxes or any type of RC vehicle, I'm I guess I'm for that little tiny part of it. Right, right. Um, couple more news bits. Trevor's toy box. It seems like they had a total reset. I think they're closed now for the holidays. What is that again? The Proline dump site. Kit. So all of a sudden. It looked like he closed for the holidays, but then he had like five products up. Like you totally reset, whatever, and then he's down again. So I hope that comes back up because it's a good place to get good and cheap off-road tires. Sure. Um, news is Ryan Cavalieri is out at J Concepts. Obviously, it hasn't been announced yet, but... um. The word is he wants something, I don't know, A-scale worlds are coming up. So he might pick one of those European brands like Hot Race or Sweep or something like that. Cool. He's already been at Proline. He's already been at AKA. He's been at J-Concepts. So, um, but you know what also? Look out for uh, 
big things for J Concepts. See who they sign. Yeah, there's a. They're murmuring perhaps on Garo, right? That would be awesome. Would it really matter over here, though? <sighs> yes, but only because he's a world champion. I don't think it would make much of a difference here. I think it'll. I think that would be huge for his European market and oh yeah, international in general. Yeah, I don't, I I still don't think, even though I think he is the best driver on the planet. Yep. I think he's one A and Mayfield is one B. Um, right. I still think we we don't care about him over here. I enjoy watching him race but yeah i like watching him drive but i can't relate to him because he and it's the the same old typical you know dumb american thing if if they don't speak decent english i have a hard time getting behind them because i don't feel like i know anything about them i don't feel like i know their personality because it it's really hard for somebody's personality to come across in a language that they're not comfortable with right right but also he's 18 it's kind of like the spencer rivkin thing there too he's eight well rivkin's 20 or 21 but still i mean they're kids who who cares right so yeah um it would be huge for j concepts in the european market but now think about this for guys like us we're gonna try both proline and j concepts and to a lesser extent aka and we're going to use what works best for that track, not what world champion is using their products. Yep. Because it does, I mean, if world champions mattered, AKA would be up there fighting still instead of struggling to stay alive. Although I do want to try their new scribble tire. It's one of those things that looks just stupid enough to work. <laughs> hey, were you surprised that uh, so the Reedy Race control tires were announced and Proline isn't using their brand new tire. They're using Positron rear and Electron front for the two-wheel drive class. I thought they were using um, which class is the J-Con tires? I think it's four-wheel drive. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I don't know. I haven't. I have a set of resistors I want to try. I haven't tried them yet. Um, I've heard good things, but I've heard good things from team drivers. Have you heard be... it from anybody local? No, I know Tony Slenton's used them at the toy box, but he's the only one that really uses up-to-date shit pro-line stuff i should say mm-hmm. like jaycon you have tor and kyle holmberg so yep and i like i said i'm very impressed with that silver compound that J concepts has right but i'm still leaving the window open for that uh resistor if it's any good or not So, yeah. Ugh, cat's back. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah. Um, Live R- RC's been doing industry an- analytics every week. That's just interesting to look at to see where all the entries are. Um, surprise, surprise, it's mostly stock buggy at this time of year. Sure. Um, New Year's Rumble is a one-day race now. Which, you know, it's an it's nice, and that is next Saturday, January fourth. If you're an on road guy, um, up at yeah, oh, yeah, there up you go. at Lake Superior, yeah, LSRCC in Superior at the Armory. It's always a fun race, Hawaiian themed. Oh, really? Yeah. So everybody's rocking her Hawaiian sh- shirts and shorts and stuff. Yep, yep. That's fun. It's always a theme. It's a good. It's a good time. If I had any kind of fire to race, any kind of on road, I'd go up there. Especially, yeah, is your dad going? He might. I'm not sure. But yeah, especially now that it's a one day event, 
I would definitely go. <laughs> but uh, I was talking to Kevin Van Ert, and I think for Motorhead Madness, I'm going to make my Roche into a spec car. I don't know. I I don't want to race, but I do. So I don't want to do a class to where stock is hard to mm-hmm. keep up in. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, what else do I have? Oh, that European carpet I was talking about that Donnie Lee laid out on his track was a epic fail. So what those uh, tricky-ass European people didn't tell Donnie is if you're going to run that carpet, you need one track for touring car and one track for foam because the way that um, carpet works, the foam and the rubber don't work together. It's either one or the other. So what they're actually going to do is they're going to run the Worlds there. I don't know if it's next week or a couple weeks or... The 12-scale worlds are coming up. Troy Gubbins is going. Cool. Yeah. Um, They're going to run that one race on that carpet, and they're getting rid of it, which is <laughs> a damn shame because it was working well for 12-scale. It just doesn't work when you – I mean, but don't you think you would have researched a little bit more? Wonder why. Why do these tracks have two tracks? One on each side of the driver's stand. Because that's what they do over in Europe, so they can run both touring car and 12 scale. Sure. That's a little odd, though. I've never really heard about that, like the rubber and the foam not mixing. But, anyways, that is what it is. Should we uh, get into questions? Hey, speaking of analytics, real quick before we dive into questions, um, are you aware of NDRC? They're down there in the the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Yes. So it's kind of a hybrid track. It's it's 8th scale and 10th scale. They do do a little bit of nitro Mm -hmm. in there, but I think their their biggest class is uh, e-buggy. But they still, I mean, they race open 10th scale two-wheel drive and... Uh, two-wheel drive buggy okay. they had 115 entries last or this friday for their club race could you imagine th- being that healthy because i mean that um, th- that that kind of thing that's got to go until like you know 11 o'clock midnight maybe even back on in friday nights 2013 2014 when mmr was really the only game in town he was doing 80 to 100 for Friday night off road? Yeah, two in the morning. Woo! And he he didn't mess around, right? He cruised. and still doesn't. They no. they run a very efficient program over there. Yes, yes. Oh, one more quick thing. Um, Alex Sturgeon from the Hobbyplex in Omaha is doing a podcast mainly based around the Hobbyplex. Oh, cool! Yeah, that'll be awesome. Uh, What's he keep... calling it? Do you know? I don't know. Um, he made the announcement, and I just said, about damn time, and that was it. So once you're finished listening to this podcast, you can hop on over to uh, to Alex's or or that Keenan guy or whoever else you want to listen to. Keenan's podcast is good. Aiden's podcast. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. they're all okay. No, Keenan's is good because, well, Keenan's is good because Keenan has a natural ability for it but also you can fast forward sections like he's not all over the place like we are right you got your beginning deal with jq and then you have your main interview with whatever pro and then you have the techno grassroots racer spotlight which i normally fast forward through unless it's connor aylers (laughs) uh there was another couple guys i listened to on there also but yeah Mainly, I fast-forward through it. Um, I think Kyle Predmore was on it. That one was pretty good. But, yeah. Who's that? Kyle Predmore is AE fanboy. He's just a funny guy. Okay. There's a couple funny guys that I'll listen to. And then Aiden Burke, if you care about European racing, but he had an American on last week. Okay. 
um, I forget his name. I just friended him on Facebook. He's that dude who um, had the Team Associated hat, and he threw his TLR buggy on it, just kind of like, ha-ha, I'm with TLR. And a bunch of pussies lost their shit. <laughs> How dare he? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, shut your mouth. It was funny, and it was harmless. Sure. And, I mean... You know, guys with a sense of humor loved it. But, you know, a bunch of pussies hated it. So Does yeah. uh, does Aiden cover 8-scale uh, nitro over Not there? Not at all. Huh? Not at all unless his guest races 8-scale nitro. Oh, okay. What What's he mostly into? 10-scale. 10-scale um, off-road, on-road, yeah. what? Off-road, buggies, you know. They, okay. What's cool it's like though the, the is, EW or the EWS series and stuff like that. I think so. Um, Whatever they call the European offer EOS. Yeah. What's cool is he races modified, and all those guys over there race modified. They're like, nice. We, we suck. I don't care. <laughs> it's like right on. So. Well, that's that's the drum that I I tried to beat for a long time was. Hey, if more of us race two-wheel drive mod buggy at, at the right place, I okay. Tried so to, this would yeah. have been talking about the five ten. Yeah. If we race it there, we're gonna get our own main. We're not gonna be stuck pulling over for Kyle and Seth every fourth lap. Right. Right. But and... nobody likes being in the B main. Everybody wants to be in an A main, and that's why we have thirty-seven classes, and it's all freaking gay. I know. I. I... <laughs> I fantasize at work about opening up a track and limiting the classes and not allowing people to bring in their own classes. None of this four makes a class BS. Just this is what you're running. If you can't do it, you go somewhere else. But, yeah. And like I've said on here before, I've had offers to run tracks. I just can't. No. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, anyways, we only had a couple questions, but one of the questions had a lot of crap under that, so we'll do that one last. Sure. Um, Tony Swenson says, Tease gives out the best awards for their six-pack series, Winners get Coors <laughs> Lights. Are there any other races with unusual awards? And yes, I won Superstock. <laughs> Andrew gives out not necessarily. Well, Andrew gives out unusual awards for his October race, a weird doll thing. Mm-hmm. He also, for one of his on-road races, Senior got this sweet OGO backpack. Ooh. It's nice. They have, he, yeah, for he, sure. He's got it hanging up with his trophy stuff. I'm like, uh, you got to figure out something to use that for. I mean, it's <laughs> too nice just to be hanging there. So Andrew does. Um, yep. Do you? Can you think of any? No, I I love the six pack because they get multiple of those series in yep. per year because yep. it's just they're just six races long. Yeah, and it's so. cheap. Six packs are cheap. <laughs> right um yeah that that's a that's a really fun one there's just there's an endless list of why i love what those guys do down there at tees i i wish i lived closer i know you live way closer than i do right for me it's yep. two hours sure and it's on the wrong night it's it's an hour and 45 on the right night it's an hour and a half okay so okay um Lathan Raymond asks, what do you guys think about club races having a tiered payout? Everyone that races add, let's say, $5 per entry that goes into the pot, and the money can either pay out top three, top five, or the whole A-main. What do you think? I'm not really interested in cash racing. Um, there's a place for it. And I think that's in one-to-one -one racing. And so what what money does is it adds 
a whole new level of aggression. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, I already think that the driving etiquette is kind of going downhill in this oh, region. For sure, for sure. There's just so many people yelling out sorry and not even slowing down. Yeah. Um, just fucking whacking people and, oh, sorry, so-and-so. And, you know, the race just keeps going on and the the a lot of times the race directors are either extracted yeah. distracted or not paying attention to that but anyway uh i digress i i don't think cash is a good idea to bring into rc well real quick speaking of driver etiquette like last week at the toy box i peeled joe scaramel in a qualifier and i waited for him to go and he got third qualifying spot in the main because I waited for him to go instead of just going like an a-hole. Right. Um, we've done it racing many late models at Lakeside in Princeton. Lakeside, I believe, is closed down now, but they were the longest-running RC track in Minnesota. I think they ran from, like, the 1980s until, like, 2013, 14, around there. Damn, that's an amazing run. Yeah, it was a dump, man. (laughs) No nice way of putting that, but it almost got violent a couple times. Sure. It, It almost seemed like a couple of those guys needed the money which was very strange mm-hmm. I don't I, I ain't like it yeah it takes a lot of the fun out of it I, I know like in dirt bikes when I made it to the money class which was the expert class here just locally in the in the midwest region it everything becomes more serious right and rubbing is racing yep. in that game yep. and in a game like that in whatever it is motocross uh dirt oval snowmobiles in a that's expected okay there's there's decades and decades of that kind of behavior that kind of racecraft. right when you start doing it in rc where you know we we preach etiquette all the time it's right. it's one of the things that you know, we're proud of is how clean everybody tries to race and, or most people anyway. Um, it's kind of a point of pride for us, but I I think you'd see a lot of that nosedive even further if we were doing cash racing Mm -hmm. for sure. And we don't need to, we don't need to raise the entries anywhere unnecessarily. So if, if a track is, is not surviving because their costs are rising and they haven't raised their entry fee in however many years okay maybe you need to do a bump you don't need to do an artificial bump just to create payback okay because i think it's going to pay back the same three dudes everywhere i think so everybody else is just paying more to do the exact same racing that they were already doing yeah i think you're right um yeah i've never liked the money um even when i win it when I won that Dash for Cash race in Omaha, I took the lead cleanly and immediately, but I had this weird feeling in my gut the whole time, like, it didn't feel right. And it was only like 80 bucks. Right. So, yeah. Let's see what else. We got one more. And this is where uh, all of the extra stuff was under from Ryan Smolik. I think if a driver breaks out during a race, he should stay on the stand till the race is over. Your thoughts? My thought is it depends on the driver's stand. What about you? How about we let's go let's scroll down and and see what all of our our listeners were saying. It's and under then I'll give, the I'll give my uh, RC opinion. Racing Group. Oh, Alex Sturgeon invited me. So, the Hobbyplex Show YouTube channel. So, it sounds like he's doing the podcast on YouTube. Cool. So, yeah, I was going to that, and I just saw that uh, notification. 
looking for I have money in sticker groups. I still haven't won any of those sticker raffles yet. <laughs> Not surprised at I all. know. But it's like, man, one out of 20. I should be winning some of these. Nope. <laughs> Let's see. Jeremy Nix says it's usually a rule at most tracks. Um, Ryan, it should be enforced. Yeah. Steve Nelson goes, why, if the car's broken, I'm going to try to grab it and fix it ASAP. And then Steve made a good point. He thinks it started with certain tracks where you couldn't leave the stand without basically moving people. And, yeah, like, I don't know how, like, I haven't been to MMR3 yet, but at the other ones, I don't know if it's the same driver's stand. But you can't get off that driver's stand without moving people. Jake Miller, the car can be... I guess it depends how wide you are. And I think it really depends on how you do it. So if you try to move like a mouse and not make a sound and not not stomp on the stand, because especially at at Andrews, the, the stand isn't... It's not like it's, you know, a super thick gauge of steel... Mm-hmm. You know, it's an aluminum stand, and if you go huffing and puffing down it, everybody else that's still trying to race their race is going to be kind of bouncing around a little bit. Right, right. So a place like that, you'd have to exercise, I think, really great caution just to not disturb everybody. Yep. Um, but, there, yeah, there's places like, you know, the, yeah, like the 510 where there's there's tons of room for you to leave, but you should you know, not go running down the stairs and boom, 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 making a bunch of noise, distracting people. Right. Um, that's where I land on it. If I don't know, but then the other side of it is, you know, is it fair when you're, when you're at a big nitro race or something and guys are running back to back to back to back and all that, you know, is it fair that this one guy gets to go and, you know, get his stuff fired up early for the next round or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know where I land on that anymore. Well, I used to yeah. say, you know, uh, you step back, you shut your mouth, and you hang out while everybody else finishes their race. But I think, uh, uh, read what Eric Swanson said. Yeah, he says it's more distracting. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm and gonna I, go on I, I can agree with that, too. I'm going to go in a race with Eric, and I'm going to pull off, and I'm just going to stare at him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll let, he's not shy of letting people know what he thinks. So I know, I know. You're, you're probably going to hear it from him. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's... Got to get him back on here. It, you got you to gotta test the water there and see how he feels about coming on again because he's a great co-host slash guest he doesn't hate coming on he's just busy yeah um and he only cares about on road yeah and that's fine too i'm i'm just interested in because i've seen his name pop up a little more frequently this year than it did last year so yeah maybe at motorhead madness we'll see cool um yeah and people started bringing up all people running out on the track during you know, during a race, it's like, that's a different thing. That gets, that gets really, that will really irritate me if, and it's, it's, you have to fight your natural instinct to help people if you're the marshal, mm-hmm. because that's not your job. Right. Um, well, that's the thing too. It's, <laughs> I got yelled at by um, somebody at the FTR race for the MNRC because somebody that was marshalling wouldn't throw that somebody's car to me and then I just kind of gave up on it because it's like well it is what it is yep and I got yelled at pretty good but I didn't bother me because I don't know man the the value of certain people yelling at you just doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, at that point, I I just when you have a failure like that at an eight scale race, at least I 
I think as long as, you know, somebody from your crew or whoever you can get to do it, as long as they're super aware of when they're crossing the track lanes, mm-hmm. if they well, can get out there and get it for you, then we, I think that's fine. But yeah, we shouldn't expect the marshals to do anything special. They're just there to marshal cars. They're right. they're not there to grab your flame out and run it back to pit lane. We've had that too, where marshals every track side that where marshals get in the way, yep. and it's it sucks. People don't look both ways. Yeah. So. Anyways, that's about all we got. A hour long episode, not bad. Oh, I, I wish I would have had more for you. I'm really bummed. I didn't get a go racing yesterday, but I had to keep the yeah, family sure. safe. Yes, you made a good call. I'm proud of you. That's it was. It was unreal how bad it was out there. The Beth goes. You know, I wasn't gonna tell you to turn around, but I was gonna be really pissed at you the whole day if you didn't. <laughs> Like I kind of got that feeling. Yeah, it wasn't safe for anybody. the The only saving grace on my commute is um, so I was going down Highway 52 for the bulk of it. Yep. And there's not a lot of Saturday traffic there because there's nothing cool to get to mm-hmm. going on 52 South. And the people that were doing it were all being about as safe as they could. There was there wasn't anybody. In a you know 1975 Cadillac Deville plowing through at 75 I or know. anything like that, um, you know everybody was pretty much keeping it under, uh, even under 40 miles yeah. per hour. I don't think I ever got over 30 because I just yeah. it took forever and ever and ever to slide to a stop. It so. did. And, um, the the gym is on a 60 mile an hour part of Highway 10. And you'd watch those fast assholes lose control with the, for that little bit I can see. Right. Oh, it was hilarious. It's I like, just I'm so disappointed in myself that my brain never kicked in and was like, "Hey, dummy, those semi trucks are never going to get to you." And beyond that, you know, there's it takes a lot of different people for a construction work site to be going. You know, a lot of people weren't going to get there regardless yeah i was gonna say how would it be i just it it never occurred to me and probably because when you're white knuckling it through conditions like that i feel like you're all your attention is where it actually should be which is on the road how would it be running a crane in freezing rain would you even notice well i would notice because i'm not in the cockpit yet okay for for the bulk of my work i'm out I'm, I'm what they call an oiler, and that's kind of like the helper to the operator because there's, there's a lot of stuff with the crane that needs to go on. You know, you're, you're hooking up the materials, you're, you're taking them off, you're helping your operator build the crane. I'm coordinating with the truck drivers. Um, I'm doing some maintenance here and there. So I'm outside for 99.7% of my day I I only sit in the crane for a tiny tiny amount right now. Okay. So yeah, it would have sucked so for you. So my day would suck. Yep. <laughs> but but it was yeah, it was weekend work. It was time and a half. I was excited to make some money. Um I'd say for the crane operator um probably not that much fun cuz the the rain distorts your view. Oh yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, you're going to be looking through raindrops, trying not to hit um, columns on the building and, and stuff. Because we were doing stuff where uh, this school is being constructed and there's already steel beams going up all of the floors. Okay. But we're not, we weren't putting in the top floor yet. We were working on the second floor. So he's got to slide everything that he's bringing down in between all the columns that are there. Okay. So it's it's precise work, and a lot of those operators, they pride themselves on not needing too much help mm-hmm. from their signal person. Yep. So, and that, yeah, rain definitely affects that. Cold, in general, just is not good for the machines at all, and, you know, Connor can attest to that. That's part of the reason why he had no problems packing up and going out west for the winter to go play Supercross. Right, right. 
Um, what else? That? Oh, I was going to say, it's going to be snowing like a mother tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm almost bummed that I have a job then I'm <laughs> and I'm I'm oiling on a completely unfamiliar crane tomorrow which is it's not very much fun cuz no. you're I'm I'm going to be very little help to my operator cuz he's going to have to tell me how to do everything on that crane. Oh, so. okay. No. Oh, that's a bummer. All right. But whatever. It all pays the same, right? Yeah. It sucks out outside work, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Well, that's the episode. Um, thank you to everybody who used that Donathan code. It's still good till December 31st, which is Josie Jr. 10% off all your orders at checkout. January 1st, it will no longer be good. And I'm Joe Zare Jr. And with me is Ryan Greening. And we've ran out of talent.